Welcome back to the Jack Rabbit Fitness Podcast, coming to you from Swamp Rabbit CrossFit in downtown Greenville, where it's our mission to lengthen and improve the lives of people in the Greenville area by providing the best hour of their day. I am Coach Brandon, and joined today by Coach Kara. Hello. And we want to bring to you a, a topic of conversation that goes well beyond what you're doing in the gym. Uh, but definitely impacts how your day-to-day experience of the gym uh, happens. So uh, mindset, Mm -hmm. talking through competition, talking through day-to-day training, talking through uh, kind of process and effort and things that are in and outside of our control. And so if you are listening to this and uh, you're in the gym, in the gym community, then you know that Kara is probably our biggest uh, advocate for competing. Yes. <laughs> and loves to compete herself and trains really hard to be prepared for competition. So like just at the beginning of that, because I know that everybody in the community is not uh, super competition driven. Right. But by virtue of being in a CrossFit gym, like it does play a little uh, impact into what we're doing on a day-to-day basis, just because we do keep score mm-hmm. and we are in a group and we're doing this together. So we got a little little competition push, but um, why why do you enjoy competing so much? So I grew up riding horses competitively, um, and I come from a super competitive family. So for me, and that when I say that, I mean like competitive in everything. Like we're competitive in board games. So for me, that kind of has just always been um, the environment that I'm used to um, in terms of like showing up and like who I mean I love to win right I love to be right I love to win and I think that anybody who knows me will vouch for that sure um but for me what I like about CrossFit competition is um I like I never really played any competitive team sports I had horseback riding and that's me and my horse um but with CrossFit on an individual basis it's kind of you and yourself um taking on things that are really challenging and so what I love so much about a CrossFit competition is I really get to see um what I'm capable of and so I love being able to push myself um to I mean really you're Ideally, you're pushing yourself to, to the brink of your limits and then some. Um, and that's what I love to see is like under this setting, what can I do? Yeah, so, so finding out where those outer edges are. One of the cool things, I know we talked about this during the open, because that's going to be for most of the CrossFit community, like the broadest exposure to competition, because uh, everybody's gym is going to make them do it, right? So you're going to feel it. But in that, in that competition setting, There is like a a hidden sixth gear Mm -hmm. that a lot of people are not aware of, Mm -hmm. that uh, it it takes that little bit of pressure of competitive juices flowing to bump them into a spot where they'll go just a little faster, a little harder, they'll lift a little more, they'll find new limits and and continue to grow and expand and and break those down. Uh, So I, I can totally relate to that. Um, historically, although my uh, loving to win is more loving to make people lose, <laughs> which isn't as positive, but it's fun. So uh, I like to win because it means you didn't win if I won. Um, so when we're when we're leaning into uh, doing things competitively, like let's start maybe on the the lowest level of competition, um, which is is. I'm kind of thinking this out as we're going, but like the lowest level of competition might be me against me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
And so if if I'm working through that, one of the one of the things that you brought up before we were talking is the idea of comparison. Yep. And so when we're talking about comparison and mindset and competition, like how does that play into the me against me part of competing? So there's a lot of conversations, you know, that we have with ourselves. And in fact, we spend the most time with ourselves than we do with anybody else, right? So the, the conversations that we have with ourselves, whether it's before a workout, during a workout, or after, talking about, um, I should have done this, or I should be able to do that, or... I could have gone faster. Having those conversations and, and what that means in terms of comparison. Um, so it's not necessarily comparing against other people in the gym. Maybe it's a workout that you did six months ago, right? Maybe in that point you've had a big life event, right? And you're comparing to where you were six months ago about, oh, I, I would have been able to do this then or I should be able to, to be at this point, right? I've been doing CrossFit for six months. I should be able to do this. Well, that, that comparison can be detrimental because it's shouldn't in whose by whose standards and in yeah. what where does it say that you have to be able to do that so even that self comparison of should or could or those timelines mm -hmm. so I my uh, my wife works in a company where they're big on uh, a lot of self awareness and kind of coaching people up and, and working through that and uh, one of her uh, bosses one time told. Her or a group she was in, I love this, don't should on yourself mm -hmm. because there, there is a lot of um, undefined expectation a lot of times and should yep. that doing some unpacking and, and some mindset checking and some, some well, why should I mm -hmm. be able to do this? Uh, so in the example that you gave, if, if I did a thing before and I'm repeating an effort and maybe this time I don't beat that effort, uh, one of the jobs as coach is sometimes reframing and digging into and helping understand what the difference between those two things was. So you said major life event. Maybe you, you uh, went through a pregnancy and now you're repeating a workout. Yep. And it's like, yeah, you haven't returned to pre-pregnancy fitness levels. You had been training for three years. Now you had not a year off, but a year where you're not able to push at the same level and probably shouldn't push at the same right. level, right? It's, it's a more important goal to have a, a healthy pregnancy than it is to be the fastest CrossFitter who is also eight months pregnant, yes. right? Uh, and so, yeah, well, why couldn't I beat this time from before? Well, because you're starting out in a new body at a new time and doing a new thing. And great, now this is your postpartum PR mm -hmm. on this workout, and we're going to start working from here as our new baseline when we make comparisons so we can have new successes on those things um, what do you think is kind of under a lot of the the shoulding I should be able to do this by now I should be able to beat this thing that I did before like what where do you think that's coming from well I think in our community right people that come to a CrossFit class, right, they all share something in common. You know, everybody is here to get better, regardless of what their end goal is. Everybody is, comes to get better mm -hmm. within whatever big picture that is for them, right? Everybody has their own individual reasons for coming. But you choose CrossFit for a reason, right? This is very different than a hot yoga class. It's very different than a cycle class. It's, mm -hmm. you know, what we do here is very unique. And I think that it attracts a certain kind of person. And that kind of person tends to be a little bit on the competitive side. Um, and I think that the kind of person that comes to CrossFit 
really has high expectations for themselves and really wants to achieve a lot of things. And I think that that gets drawn out in the shoulds. Um, So, and some of it is the community aspect that we have. Maybe you joined at the same time as a friend and they have a different athletic background than you and they can do, you know, double unders and you're still working on them. And that's Mm -hmm. where it's like, well, you know, Susie joined at the same time as me. She can do them. I should be able to do them. We've been doing it for the same amount of time. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. So it's important to recognize my uniqueness as a person and everyone else's and that they are bringing a different mix of genetics and background and training and experience. Um, because a lot of physical skill, like learning physical skills, is a skill. Yeah. And so if you played multiple sports growing up and you've had access to a lot of different coaching or training methodologies, then when you show up and you're like, oh yeah, double under, okay, jump, turn it twice, got it. Where if uh, I haven't done anything like that or I spent my, my youth a little more sedentary when I'm uh, most plastic, when I can change the most and adapt the most and learn the most, uh, then my body learned this is kind of how we move. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it is more challenging as an adult to pick up some of those skills yeah. than it is as a kid. Um, and so being patient with yourself is definitely useful. And then when we think about the, the comparison question, so comparing me to me uh, on the positive mm-hmm. is look where you were, look where you are, right. what you've been able to do, uh, even if, you know, like me, uh, my background was in strength sports a lot more than in CrossFit. So now I'm, I'm not likely to PR a squat again. I'm not likely to PR a deadlift again, not likely to PR a bench press again. Uh, but I can still enjoy doing those things while at the same time comparing myself to the past and say, uh, man, look what I was able to achieve mm-hmm. when I was really pushing and that was my main focus. And now there's room to do some new and other things and, and explore some other fun stuff. So that comparison doesn't have to go well, I can't do everything that I've always been able to do at any moment because I spent lots of time on different things. Like I don't play basketball near as well as I did when I was younger because I played basketball all the time and I haven't touched a basketball, but to put it on a shelf at my house in ages at this point, right? So to have that expectation is a little bit uh, silly. So what about kind of person to person comparison? Uh, you know, we, we mentioned that or, or hinted at that when you said, well, Susie started at the same time that I did and she can already do and I can't. So I should be able to do, um, you know, that that saying the comparison is the thief of joy, yep. right? Where you could be having fun progressing, but instead someone else is having more fun than me progressing. So now I'm not having fun, <laughs> right. even though I'm getting better. Yep. Um, have you ever experienced that? All the time. Yes, all the time. Okay. So because I'm so competitive and because I like to be the best, it's like I'll, we have some amazingly strong women in the upstate um, who are fantastic at gymnastics and endurance and all of that. And I'll look at those, those girls that are competing and it's like, oh my gosh, like I should be able to get as many muscle ups as she can. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's like that never really has been a big focus. So I'm super strong. I can lift a lot of weight, put a lot of weight over my head. Um, but for me, it's like gymnastics is a work in progress. So I've been trying not to shit on myself all the time because right. <laughs> it's, you know, I, I look at it and it's like, I, I should be able to do that. I'm strong enough. I should be able to. Mm-hmm. And I see that these girls can do it. You know, I should be at their level. So then I have to take a step back and, you know, that's, it's a work in progress and will be a work in progress for yeah. a really long time. Um, but I mean, I think everybody does it. Yeah. So, so in that, some of, some of what's coming to the surface is, Uh, There's things that I chose to do that got me to where I am now. Mm -hmm. 
and that's awesome. Yep. And there's things that you chose to do, and they got you to where you are now, and those were different things. And we showed up with different bodies, and we showed up with different intents. And so you're better at gymnastics than me, and I'm a little jealous because, man, I should be able to do. You know, I'm better at weightlifting than you, and I don't know that you're looking at me going, man, I wish I could lift what she can, uh, because all I know is my internal conversation. Yeah. And it is, you're not enough, you're not good enough, you're not fast enough, you're not, what, what you are good at, we're gonna downplay, what you're bad at, we're gonna blow up, so that it, it becomes this, this big challenge. So uh, when, when you get into that situation, like how do you deal with the things that are inside your sphere of influence? There's something I can do about this. And then how do you know where the edge of that boundary is and say, this is beyond my control and I need to try to find a way to let that go? Yeah, so looking at the things that you can control and the things that you can't control. So there's, this for me is again, it's been an area of growth because as much as I like to win, I also like to be able to control everything. Mm -hmm. um, so being able to look at things that we can't control, right? I can't control what, what you're gonna do. I can't, as, as hard as I can try, I can't. Um, in a competition or in a gym setting, I can't control what the equipment's gonna be. I can't control what the weather's gonna be. Sometimes I can't even control what my own body's gonna do, right? Like, unfortunately, I'm sick right now. I have a competition next week or tomorrow. Yeah. And it's like, I tried my best, but I have no control over what's happening. Right. So instead of sitting and dwelling on, oh man, I don't feel good, or I don't know what equipment there's gonna be, or there's gonna be this thing that I'm not used to, or so-and-so's in my heat and they're really good at this, I can give all of that stuff my energy and focusing on the things that no matter how much I think about it, aren't gonna change. Mm -hmm. Or I can step back and say, okay, well, what can I do about it? What if I give this thing my energy, how will this change? So looking at the things that you can control. I can control my effort. I can control how hard I work. I can control what I bring to the table. I can control how I adapt and overcome. I can control my strategy mm -hmm. and I can control my reactions. Yeah. So looking at all of those things in those situations and whether it's a competition setting or not, right? Whether you're showing up for a workout in the gym, right? Maybe you're not feeling good or maybe, um, there's a workout that a movement that you haven't done or, you know, you're, mom is sick or something at home is going on and all of those outside influences taking a step back and saying well no matter how much I think about this no matter how much I give this thing my energy it won't change what what will change yeah so so the idea of this I think is pretty common you go okay well focus on what you can control uh, like the serenity prayer right give me the grace to to let go of what's not mine basically right um that is but, so uh, much easier said than done. <laughs> right. So here's the superpower, right? I think the superpower that you got to unlock is becoming aware of yourself to yes. know that you're doing it yeah. in the moment. And that truly is the first step in being able to to look at it and be like, okay, this is what I'm doing. I'm focusing on the things that I can't control. Being able to acknowledge that. Mm -hmm and then taking the steps to correct it. But you have to be able to acknowledge it first and being able to take a step back and say, oh yeah, I'm doing that thing again. Are there, are there any things for you specifically that clue you in that you go, ooh, I need to take a breath, I need to notice what's happening inside of me, and then I need to make a shift? So for me, um, and you know, I'm, I'm guilty of doing this for a really long time, but it's, it's 
looking at other people around me, right? If I'm pulling attention away from myself or I find my brain wandering to other things that don't have to do with what I'm doing, if I'm distracted by anything, it's like, oh yeah, it's happening again, right? Okay. Like, so, and then... So lack of presence. Yes. Okay, go ahead. Yep. Yeah, and, and then... And so from there, at that point, I acknowledge, like, I'm distracted. Um, I'm thinking about, you know, whoever's performance... And then I try to do something tactile to let that go. Okay, so I, I like that. It's a, a whole body response to what's going on. Yeah. So uh, the, the, the trick is, A, I need to become aware. And so through some self-examination, and it doesn't take any really super intense self-examination to go, uh, oh, these sorts of things seem to bubble up from me when I am comparing or having this kind of negative inward experience. Mm -hmm. uh, I start thinking about, how everybody else is doing better than me. Or I start scrolling through my social media and the highlight reel kind of stresses me out instead of making me happy for the people that I'm following, that things are going well, or whatever those things are that start to bubble up. Mm -hmm. Okay, now I've noticed it. Then I acknowledge it. Great, like there, there's some amount there of sometimes self-forgiveness, self-awareness, um, that hey, this isn't the way that I wanna be. That's okay, I am this way right this moment, but I don't have to stay right here. Mm -hmm and then I need to make a shift. And I, I really like that what you said, and then I do something tactile to let it go. So like the few, be, few big deep breaths, uh, one of the things that I've suggested to people in the past, and I, I think I learned maybe this way of describing it from a, uh, a physical therapist friend, um, that you just get, re get reconnected with your feet, mm -hmm. right? Get reconnected to the ground, right? Because that way I know, okay, I'm, I'm right here in my body for the moment. A few big breaths. I like to physically move from one place to a different place. Like I'm going to actually shift out of this thing kind of symbolically. And then now I can re-engage from a new spot. Uh, so I love that whole whole person response to dealing with that, yeah. uh, that negativity. And recognizing, hey, this is inside my control. Even my, my momentary, like my instantaneous response. Okay, I had an emotional response. I can feel that feeling all the way through. Let it go, move on, do something else, and then return to what I need to. Um, and then, how do you how do you let go of those things that are outside? So I, I see the like internal. I'm dealing with this issue. Let me shift my my person. And then, uh, how do I get where I can go? All right, and all those things that I can't touch, feel, see, do, influence. Now they don't matter anymore. Yeah, that's the hard part. So, um, like a specific example for me, right before the open happened, um, I was testing workout, like retesting old open workouts, mm -hmm. and I was doing it alongside of my training partner. And there was a moment where, you know, we were on the wall balls, we go to the rower. Um, my coach had switched out my rower. I go to sit down. It's not set on calories. It's set on meters. And I had to readjust that and do all of that. And so. Um, Kara in the past would have been like, oh no, my equipment's not working, and now she's ahead of me, and you know, really focused on her effort. And so what I did at that point is I took a breath and I said, okay, how can I adjust? What is my effort going to be? And so then I focused on, um, because I was on the row, where I focused on my, my pull uh, on the row, um, and I focused on my cadence, and that was able to, to end up I caught up and I ended up, you know, coming out on top. So yeah. instead of focusing on what the other person was doing and what had gone wrong, mm -hmm. I re
readjusted and I brought it back to my effort and then something very specific for me because I was on the rower was my yeah. row stroke. I like, I like that too, narrowing to a specific effort, something I can attend exactly to. So in the gym, something like that, pacing, something that's really clear. All right, this is mine. I can do 10 wall balls in the next 40 seconds. I can do when I'm squatting, I can squeeze the barbell or I can focus on my feet and not be so concerned with buddy, neighbor, whatever that's going on with that. That's cool. And so uh, at that point, let's say we, we've moved through the effort, we've finished the thing, and then there's a, a really common issue, uh, if you're listening to this, you do this, of like rehearsing, ruminating, and just kind of letting that thing simmer. Mm -hmm. Even when I'm not like fully consciously aware that I'm doing that, and I just hold the tension of it, I hold on to the failure, I hold on to the, the negative thing. So I should have, I'm comparing, maybe I got a little bit of presence, some awareness, okay, I'm gonna try to come back to where we are, but then I go home, and like on the ride home, it's just like, I can't believe I, this is the kind of person I am, this is the kind of athlete I am. That always happens when I try to do this, this happens, like how do you then let it go? That's tricky. I mean, it, it really sure. is. It, yeah. And that's hard. And that just, it has to just be a conscious effort. And so sometimes it's like saying both, both things out loud, right? Because every thought has an opposite thought, right? So, so it's, sometimes it's saying both of those things out loud of like, oh, I can't believe that I did this. Um, I should have done this, you know, every negative thought. And then saying the opposite thing out loud of like, you know, I wasn't able to do this X number of months ago, or, you know, I had this thing happen. And so whatever the opposite is of whatever you're feeling, saying that, because both of those things exist, mm -hmm. right? So there's, there's two ways of reacting to them. Um, and I think that acknowledging both of them is really important because we can't, we can't ignore those negative things. We can't tell ourselves, I'm never going to feel that way. I'm only going to be positive. I'm only going to acknowledge those things because then you're not setting yourself up for a realistic expectation. Sure. But so it's, it's having a plan of like, when those things do arise, yep. I'm going to do this thing instead. And so I find that like acknowledging the negative, but also acknowledging the positive as well can be helpful. That's great. I, I like the saying it out loud so you can hear it yeah. for real. Uh, I also like writing it down because uh, when you write it down, there's, there's just a, a cathartic, like, it's out of me, and I can see it in front of me, and if I write down the sentence, I failed today because blah, 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 and then you read it, and you go, I don't know that I actually believe that that's true. Yeah. Where when it is a kind of fluid, nebulous thought just floating around in you, whether it's like a feeling in your body or a, a, a mantra that you're repeating in your mind, uh, it, it's not firm and able to be like agreed with or refuted. Like it, it just kind of wiggles and resists your effort to do something with it besides rehearsing it. Yeah. And so putting it into concrete language, uh, whether you say it out loud, whether you write it down, is a good way to detach from it and get some space to actually then, do I believe that that's true? Do, am I really that person? Yeah. It doesn't seem like I'm that person from the rest of life. And then if you have uh, the benefit of like healthy, trusted relationships, then you can say, hey, and, you know, in your case, hey, Matt, am I really like this? And, you know, it, I think he would engage with you on that. You know, you could say it to a coach. You could say it's like, hey, it feels like when I'm in the gym, I'm like this. Am I really like this? I'm perceiving myself to be. 
that takes some amount of like trust and vulnerability, yeah. like to put yourself out there and do that. Yeah. Uh, I can assure you that if you did that to us in the gym, we're gonna go, huh, that's really interesting that you're feeling that way. Can we explore that with you a little bit more and try to unpack something? And then we'll say, and go back and listen to episode 17 where we <laughs> talked about a lot of this stuff and gave some practical tips that you might be able to use. So, so we wanna let it go when we're having that kind of negative, ruminating kind of deal. I recently wrote a blog post on our blog about rehearsing or rewriting events. Um, so that negative thing happens. My tendency is to rehearse and, and kind of deepen the wound in a sense and make it permanent as much as I can instead of rewriting and being able to say, no, this thing maybe happened for a reason. There's this outcome, there's this growth opportunity, there's this whatever, and I can change the failure to a opportunity, um, but it's a conscious effort. It's not something that I'm gonna naturally do without a lot of practice. So um, when within the, the realm of controlling my effort, controlling the process, engaging, doing the things that I need to do, not uh, relying on how I compare to others, um, how, do you, how do you get to a point where you say, you know what, I've done enough, or I am, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, uh, in terms of maybe just defining what does is, what is success for me actually look like? like how, do you, how do you go through that process? So for a really long time, I defined my success by the outcomes. Right. Did I beat you or not? Exactly. Yeah. Right. It was like, where on the podium did I finish? Very did binary. I... Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. it was very, it was very much like I either was successful by winning or I was unsuccessful because I lost. And it yeah. was very much like, that's it. It didn't matter if I PR'd. It didn't matter. It didn't really matter what else happened mm -hmm. unless there was that podium finish. Either I was successful or I wasn't. Um, and so in doing a lot of this like mindset work, um, for me, you know, being able to write down what success is. So for me, it was changing it to successes, putting in the best effort I can for training that movement, competition, or event, and giving what I have to that day in the present moment. So really drawing away from the outcomes to the effort um, and really looking at success from that standpoint. And that can be, you know, taken from competition to put into really anything, right? For me, I'm in school. I can look at my school and say, was I successful in this? Did I put the best effort towards the paper that I'm writing? Um, I'm working with some people on nutrition, and so we've talked about success being, well, either I lost weight or I didn't, or I gained weight or whatever, right? Yeah. Okay, well, let's look at your effort. Let's go back away from what the outcome is to what the effort was. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like the effort was your best effort? Yes or no? And so being able to define success in that way. Yeah, I really like that because it it changes everything yeah. about how you show up to things. Yep. So if I'm if I'm a day-to-day -day CrossFitter and I really enjoy coming to the gym and uh, I may feel a little discouraged from time to time or maybe I avoid certain things altogether, uh, not because they're limitations or injuries or things that keep me from doing those movements, but because I'm not good at them, so yeah. I don't like them. Oh yeah, uh, and that's normal. Um, if I'm not good at a thing, I don't usually like the thing, right? That's a that's a normal human thing to do, um, which always reminds me of a scene from Adventure Time, um, which I enjoyed a lot while I was in college. Uh, Jake and Finn. So Finn is a boy. Jake is a dog in this imaginary land. And uh, Finn is all down in the dumps about failing at something and being bad at it. And Jake's like, that's all right, buddy. Sucking at something is the first step to being kind of good at it. <laughs> and you're like, you know, it is. Yeah. That's the truth. If you, if you want to get a little more philosophical, right? Joseph Campbell wrote the hero 
uh, with a thousand faces. Um, and, and the first step on the hero's journey is the fool. Like you, you have to fall on your face and try a thing that's, that's difficult. Uh, and for a lot of people, that was day one in the CrossFit gym. Yeah. They were willing to kind of subjugate ego and, and show up and try something that's hard and, and out there. And for a lot of people intimidating before they show up. And then years later, they're doing muscle ups and they're cleaning weights and they're doing all kinds of crazy things that their friends can't believe yeah. um, because they were willing to be the fool at the front end. Uh, now, that doesn't mean that we're here to make you feel like a fool. You'll do that on your own, right? <laughs> like everybody kind of is so aware of their own shortcomings oh, that, yeah. that it's just like dropping your lunch tray in the middle school cafeteria. And it's like, I can never go back there again. I'm going to be illiterate. Like it's, that's the choice. <laughs> or you farted in class and it's <laughs> yeah. like, I just, Every, I just Everybody can't. heard this? I'll never be back. Thank you guys. This is the end. And nice uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I'll never read beyond a seventh grade reading level now because I just can't. I can't do this. Uh, so being able to uh, to put yourself out there to do that. So then if I'm saying my success is today, I put myself out there. Yeah. Great. Like that would be a great measure of success for somebody who's really uh, struggling with that kind of, of experience. Or today I was there for the people in class that were around me because I really enjoy lending some strength and making relationships and having some community in what we're doing. Uh, so you can define that that measure of success in a, a number of different ways, oh, yeah. and I really like the idea. Uh, and one of the reasons, one of our core values is others first. Is like, how can I how can I create my measure of success in a way that it's a win win situation or a win 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 situation where uh, if I show up to class and one measure of success is I'm going to give my best effort for the day, whatever that is. Well, how does that help other people around me as well? So if I give my best effort today, that means that Kara is probably going to work just a little bit harder because she wants to win. Yeah. And I know that if I'm beating her at a workout, that's going to be a problem. <laughs> right? So, so I can come and I can show up and I give my best effort and I'm going to elevate the people around me because they're seeing me give my best effort. I, I can give my best effort and... Uh, to be honest, you know, coaches are people too. Oh, yeah. And when we watch people give their best effort, that's really satisfying as a coach. Like, mm -hmm. it's like, oh man, like this was a great day. People were working hard. They were doing their best. Uh, nobody was, was slacking. Uh, not, not, you know, and slacking, not like I came in tired today and I'm just giving it my, like today I'm wiped out kind of effort, but like, you know the difference, yeah. right? And, and we've all been here and had days where we kind of mailed it in just because we mailed it in. And we've had days where we gave a lower effort because that's what we had to give that day. Those are different things. Totally different. Right? Not going not gonna to name any names <laughs> over the air, but you know who you are. Uh, so getting really clear on what is success uh, is really helpful. And something that I think is worth revisiting, and if you're not sure how to define it, I think it's something worth talking with a coach or talking with a loved one or talking with whoever to try to dial in, like, what would it look like for me to leave every day and go, that was, that was good? Well, and making sure that you're in your definition of success are factors that you can control, right? Oh, and so not putting in factors that you can't, right? Outcomes, right? You, you, you can't really control what those are, but making sure that when you're defining what your success is, it's stuff that you have control over. Yeah, that's fantastic. So uh, maybe the last little bit uh, before we wrap things up is 
So let's say we've done this. We, we are starting to realize I'm shooting on myself too much and I get out the, uh, the baby wipes and I clean everything up <laughs> and I start to focus on what I can control and I start to recognize when I'm drifting and when things that are outside of my control are starting to loom a little too large. I learn to let some of that stuff go. I'm focusing on my effort. I've got clear success. Uh, I've gotten clear on what success is and in that clarity, it's things that are that I can do, mm-hmm. that doesn't rely on somebody else, a sunny day, uh, whatever. Uh, one of the things that starts to do that now is like, all right, I see what it would look like to win, and now I'm starting to get really worried that I'm not going to be able to do that. Yeah. And so how, how do you deal with the fear that kind of inevitably bubbles up around when you start to when you start to do this? It's like when you when you tell people that you want to lose weight and they start bringing you cupcakes at work. Like there's just some resistance to people wanting to make things better. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the idea of entropy, that things naturally fall apart unless you're putting energy into them to make them better. Um, and then then the, just resistance, capital R resistance, which uh, Stephen Pressfield wrote about in Turning Pro, I think is the name of the book. No, The War of Art. Uh, he talks about Turning Pro and The War of Art and that there's this thing that just when you're supposed to be studying for exams and you start cleaning your house. You know, like the the thing that makes you procrastinate and push away and be less than what you could be. Um, how do you how do you start to engage with and deal with that fear that kind of shows up around it? So for me, my fear really resonates in, I, I oftentimes get afraid of telling people my goals because one, I don't want to jinx myself, right? So mm. taking taking that the I'm not superstitious. I'm just a little <laughs> a little stitious. I'm a little stitious. Right. So for me, it's like I don't want to jinx myself, and that that for me takes away the things that I can control, right? And that that takes away my power by saying my success isn't based on my work; it's based on luck, and that absolutely mm. is not true. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing is my fear of letting them down or not meeting those goals. I'm afraid to say my goals now out I'm loud. Accountable. Right, yeah. exactly, because people are, have expectations of me and I'm afraid of letting them down. Um, and so for me, my work has been to step into that and to tell everybody my goals Ooh, okay. <laughs> and to have people hold me accountable and then acknowledge that fear of, oh my gosh, everybody knows that I want to win this event. Mm-hmm. Now I really have to do it. Yeah. And I'm, I'm afraid of what will happen if I don't. Well, acknowledging that, right? So it's, I, I could not win. And what would that feel like and, and all of that? And then it's, well, what what if I do win? What does that feel like? And yeah. so for me, it's, you know, people oftentimes um, like to stay in their comfort zones. And if you're a person who oftentimes feel like feels like they start things but don't finish, or then some of that is, well, I'm, I'm used to not being successful and I'm afraid of taking the steps to be that. And so it's acknowledging that and, and how do I get in my own way and how can I adjust that and where does the fear come in and the fear of being uncomfortable for me is part of that and so it's being able to address that and and just like you know before talking at the negativity saying those things out loud it's acknowledging both outcomes yeah um and so so i I like the idea there of you know a lot of people think of motivating with the carrot or the stick Mm -hmm. so either man it'd feel great to win this carrot and all i all i'm focusing on is how good i will feel if i win this event so that's going to motivate me to get through uh, most people don't maintain real motivation with just the carrot. Then you go just the stick, 
man, if I fail this, I've been telling everybody my goal, I'm going to be a social outcast. They're all going to know that I'm a fraud. So embarrassing. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be, yeah, like it's, it's uh, but that's a real fear. Oh, absolutely. Right? That's a real thing absolutely. because we, we think, and I, I think that there's some amount of wiring in us that goes, uh, if I let my peer group down, I will die. Yeah. Right? Like it, boil it all the way down. Like I will actually die because... At some point in the past, if you let your peer group down, you would actually die. I have like broken down into tears talking to my coach about not wanting to let him down. Yeah. Yeah, and it's true. That that's a real fear. Right. And and it's not that you will actually die, but my ego feels like it will actually die, yeah. and its job is to keep me alive, <laughs> exactly. right? Exactly. That's that's part of the reason why I have this thing going on beneath the surface. Exactly. Um, so I I find it really helpful to 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 lay out both, and I have I have the negative that says if I don't show up and do the work, the negative is is what's showing up for me. Uh, so in this case, in in a thing that it matters, but it's not life and death. I want to win a competition. Uh, if I don't show up and put in the work, I'm not going to win the competition. I've been telling everybody I want to win the competition. So not only am I not going to win, I'm also going to be very embarrassed. Yeah. Not only am I going to be embarrassed, I'm going to feel like I failed. And like I have this really awful thing that I can I can kind of build that up to be a pretty big deal with that. On the flip side, I have well, what if what if I do what I'm supposed to do? Yeah. Um, then win, lose, or draw, I go. I put in my best effort, mm -hmm. which checks the box for my measure of success. Yeah. I uh, I did what I could with what was inside of my control. I X Y Z. Maybe I win, and that's even better. Now, coach is proud of me. Not that coach is going to not be proud of you, but if I put in my best effort, coach is proud of me. My relationships are good. You know, I'm, I have a good relationship with my conscience because mm -hmm. I know that I really did what I could do. Uh, sure, there's going to be some questing for if I had only, I could have a, this or that. But if I know that I really did give my best effort, then I gave my best effort. I can be satisfied with that, right? And, and having both brackets uh, laid out in, in clarity now I have a force pushing me from behind. I don't want to go there. And I have a force pulling me ahead. And that's way more effective than letting it all go. So when I feel that fear, getting explicit with it, what exactly am I afraid of? Yeah. Is that real? If it's real, all right, that's where I don't want to go. And then what can I do with that to move forward? Um, dude, this is, this is like, we should charge for this. Right? This is a PhD level podcast right here. Right? And so, you know, talking about that and, and the fear and all of that, um, my mom sent me this quote at the beginning of the week, which I feel is okay. extraordinarily relevant. Great. Um, and it's worrying is using your imagination to create something you don't want. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. So, and that goes back to the the two outcomes, right? The, yeah. the what if on each end. Um, and so for me, I know that for a really long time, I used to feel as though winning was a matter of luck. And I was lucky because I did it as opposed to acknowledging I worked really hard to get to this point. Yeah. Um, and so that for me is really where my mindset work has been. It's what's the plan? How do I execute the plan? How do I give my best effort as opposed to, oh, man, I'm, I hope I'm lucky enough to win. Yeah, 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 yeah. that's good. So uh, wrapping the, the conversation up for today, uh, kind of the, the basic outline takeaways. When you're comparing, compare you to you more than you compare you to others. Um, don't shit on yourself. Don't shit on yourself when you're comparing, right? And and 
I think we can all become aware of when I'm when I'm crossing that line. So there there is an amount of like motivation, inspiration. You know, you see somebody you enjoy following on social media and they're doing something phenomenal. It's like, oh man, if they can do it, I can do it. Yeah. You know, and having having a different kind of motivating mindset versus a demotivated mindset with that. And then um, focusing on what you can keep your hands on and do something about, mm -hmm. right? Not the things that are outside of your control. We can say silly things like, hey, if it's rainy today, but that can be enough to keep you from the gym. It that sure can, can be. That can be enough to keep yes. you from giving a good effort. Yes. If it's like, wow, it's, yeah, it's just, it's a bad day. I can't train like I should. I can't whatever like I should. I can't show up in my relationships like I should. I can't be there for my kids like I should, whatever. I'm letting things that I can't control determine who I'm going to be. Um, when I when I fail, let it go. Be able to be able to push those things away, and uh, you know, don't ignore. If I let Kara down, I need to make redress and say, "Hey, this was on me. I'm sorry. I want to maintain a good relationship here. How can we make it right?" But after we've done that, let's don't just keep rehearsing this problem. Right. If we're clear, we're clear. Let's let it go. Uh, same with your agreements with yourself. I'm going to train this many times a week. I'm going to eat like this. I'm going to go to bed. I'm going to stop drinking so much. I'm going to X, Y, Z, whatever thing. Well, keep that agreement with yourself. Yep. And if, if you mess up, let it go. Get some help with accountability. Continue with that. Um, really focus in on the effort, on the process, the things that you can control. Define success. Be as clear as you can possibly be and keep it inside the realm of things that are up to you. Yep. And then when the fear inevitably comes, acknowledge it, make it clear, understand what you're afraid of, but then set it against what you're hopeful for so that you have uh, a good motivation on both sides. So that I don't want to go into what I fear negatively, and I do want to stretch into what I'm hoping for, even if it means passing through fear to get into that space. Yep. Man, that's so good. So uh, if that sounds like the sort of thing that you want to do with a coach, you can always come check us out, Swamp Rabbit CrossFit. Uh, we are, again, in downtown Greenville. Find us online, swamprabbitcrossfit.com. On social media, Swamp Rabbit CrossFit. Easy to find and all of those things. Uh, you can always check in with Kara. Uh, so outside of being a, a smart competitor and someone who is doing the work to kind of discover who they are and uh, grow into that, uh, would be happy to walk through that with you. Yeah. I've seen her do that in nutrition coaching. She's a registered dietitian, super helpful. You can find her uh, at Built Not Bought Nutrition on Instagram. And uh, by coming through the website at our gym, we can get you connected to do some work there. Uh, as always, we hope that this is uh, at least a part, since we haven't made a 60-minute podcast, of the best hour of your day. And uh, we look forward to seeing you either in the gym or online soon.